you are excited that you guys are here this morning. Now, this last week, I sent out a question on social media to basically start the conversation. And I asked the, the, the question, what's the craziest thing that you've done for somebody that you love? And I got some crazy answers. What's the most extravagant thing that you've done for your family that you love? Uh, so I got answers like, uh, I gave my wife a Warbird airplane ride for her birthday. Oh, that's awesome. Uh, one guy said he stole his wife's minivan out of the driveway so that later he could bring her a brand new Mustang that he had bought. Nobody's jealous, right? Somebody else said they bought, they bought three rooms worth of furniture for somebody. One, one lady said, I had his children. That's what I mean. Somebody said, I bought her an indoor yappy dog. Anybody that doesn't know, that was my father, who, if you know him, he loved that indoor yappy dog as much, if not more than my mom did. Somebody said, I learned to water ski even though I could not swim. So some people moved to other countries for people that they loved. So basically, we've all done things for people in our families to try to tell them and let them know how much that we love them. And, and a lot of us, we love to do things for our family that really bring about a lot of joy for them. Well, that's what we want to do for the families within our community. And so whether you have kids at home, maybe you've got kids that left home, maybe you've got five kids, no kids, or if you're a part of a family, brother, sister, parents, it's going to affect all of us because we're all families. And all of us want to make a difference in future generations and families within our community and, and even around the world as well. Because the truth is, is that families today have significant challenges and we as a church, I just believe honestly that we, gotta do, we need to do something about it. See, families in our communities and to an extent, those of us in the church, we need some work too. But the pressure that families are under, I mean, like here's some pressures that parents deal with, right? First of all, money. More than half of families say that this is the number one pressure that they face within their family. Um, parents are, you know, dealing with health and wellness issue. Uh, half of people say that health and wellness, mental and physical, is one of the pressures that they face within their family. A lot of times they're lacking sleep. A lot of times they're eating unhealthy, drinking too much, you know, smoking or, or even other substances just to manage and try to survive day-to-day -day life. Then there's pressures from work uh, and our children's education, what their future looks like. People are concerned about that. And of course, we're still dealing with the residual effects of the stresses of trying to figure out school at home last year. We've got relationship challenges. As, you know, we have a lot of divorced parents, single parents, mixed families, and this puts even more pressure on our children as well and their emotional stability, which brings us to pressures that children deal with as well. As I researched what pressures that children go through in today's families, what, what I saw in, in my research wasn't all that surprising, but what was interesting was the severity of it. And what was interesting was the very first thing that came up, and that was pornography. You see, what used to be for a lot of us growing up was something that you had to seek out to find, now comes right to your phone. And kids are able to receive images and walk up to another child and go, hey, look at this. Listen to this. The average age of, of exposure for pornography is eight years old. Sooner than it ever was for most of us. So the second thing that came up, this wasn't real surprising, was drugs. But today, like for instance, the THC 
level in marijuana is way higher than it ever was when we were kids. Kids are having stroke by, by just smoking weed. Um, so they're, they're abusing ADHD medicine. They're abusing their parents' medicine. Um, they're also facing the pressures of social media. And that's not just the image thing or wanting to be liked, but also it's the whole issue of cyberbullying. I mean, a lot of us, when I went to school, bullying happened at a locker or at the gym, but, and it was over when you got home. Now, it's 24-7. Somebody can take a picture of a kid, put it up on Instagram. Can you believe that they wore this? And then here it comes. And the cyberbullying is putting so much pressure on our kids. Add on to that the normal stuff, like academics, uh, the pressures to get into, you know, the right college to keep up the grades. Like, when I was a kid, you need a 4.0. Now you need like an 8.0. I mean, it's crazy, you know? On top of that, all these athletics pressures, pressures for scholarships. There's sports year-round that you have to perform in. So there's pressures with identity, gender confusion, racial tensions, blended families, broken families, all of this. There's no wonder that our kids are under so much pressure. And then it goes back to the parents and the parental pre pressure. I don't know what to do. I don't know how to help them. You know, a, lot of, a lot of us feel this pressure to keep up with your friend, their friend's parents and all the stuff that they're providing for them. But you don't want your kids to become entitled and spoiled. So where do you go for help? Well, here's the thing about the church. We believe the church is not here to say, oh, look how awful all that is. Our responsibility is to help fix it. Is that right? to build strong families, to be the hands and feet of Jesus in our communities, to actually fight for families in our community and in our church. Because I think we have the potential to do something amazing. As large as we are, with the resources that we have, I think we can really help a lot of families in our church, but also in our communities and online. And see, Jesus understands the dynamic of family and he actually loves family. He, act, he wants to build strong families. And that is actually the mission and the, uh, that he has given us is to build strong families, to actually fight for families. Now, some, some of us, to be honest, we need some work on our families too. But listen, you don't have to have one after the other. We can strengthen our own families while we also invite our community, people that, that don't know him yet, and are struggling with their families and they need a relationship with Jesus. And this is a way that we can bring them in. So our vision here at Living Word is, comes from Acts 2, 41 through 47. I wanna read it to you. It says, those that accepted his message were baptized and about 3,000 were added to their number that day. Now this was on the day of Pentecost. Uh, it was the, some of the first salvations right here. In verse 42, it says, they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship, the breaking of bread, uh, that's communion, as well as, and then to prayer as well. And then it says, everybody was filled with awe and the many wonders and signs were performed by the apostles. All the believers were together and had everything in common and they sold property and possessions to give to anyone who had need. And then every day, they continued to meet together in temple courts. They went to church every day. They broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people. And then what happened? The Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. You see, this is the passage that our vision statement comes from which is belong, believe, and become. Because as you read Acts 2, you realize that there was, it was obviously a place of belonging, 
where everybody felt like they belong and they did belong in the body of Christ regardless of age, class, sex, race, any of those things, everybody belonged. And the environment that they set where everybody belonged is that same environment that we are supposed to create here. Now, and then obviously they were lining up their beliefs in line with the word of God through the apostles teaching. And then we see that what they're doing is then they become who God made them to be. It's a progression that God had called them to be something. It was, they had a purpose that was bigger than them. And as a church, we have a purpose. And it's more than just us. See, as God adds daily to, to, to the, our numbers, those that are being saved, it's our responsibility to create the environment that everybody belongs that we, are, that we are also changing our beliefs to what God says about us and not what we think about ourselves or the world says about us. And listen, that's all for us. But the thing is, is that we also have to become who God has called us to be. They sold the property and possessions to help others. They were ministering to other people. And, and look, Jesus knew that this inward nature of humans would eventually try to creep into the church and the church would become more like a, a club as opposed to a hospital if we don't keep our eyes turned outwards to become his hands and feet and to actually show the love of God to our community. And there's a, there's, in Matthew chapter 9, there's a place where Jesus was going through all the towns and the villages, teaching in their synagogues, proclaiming the good news of the kingdom and healing every disease and sickness. See, he was traveling around and he was meeting the needs of people. He was teaching them. He was healing them. They were consuming ministry from him. And then in verse 36, it says, When he saw the crowds, he had compassion on them because they were harassed, helpless, like sheep without a shepherd. You see, he saw them in their need and had compassion on them because of their need. And then in verse 37, he turns around to his disciples who were there with him. And he says, look, the harvest is plentiful but the workers are few. In other words, there's lots of people that are here, guys, that are willing to consume ministry. They're willing to come and sit and listen to uh, helpful messages to help them live their everyday life in, in power. They're willing to come to events and receive ministry. They're willing to put their children in children's ministry and, and receive ministry. They're willing to send their children or their youth to youth ministry and receive ministry. And look, that's why we're here. That's why a church is here is to feed people spiritually and that's where these people were and they were receiving from Jesus but Jesus was saying look there is so many people that need ministry the harvest is plentiful the problem is the workers are few and I see this today with our communities whether it be physically here in Wake Forest those of you online wherever you are there are people there are families that are struggling all around us with all the pressures that are on our children, our students, our parents, our couples. That in all those, all those pressures that there are families that are harassed and helpless like sheep without a shepherd. And when Jesus looked out among them, he was not mad at them. He didn't berate them. He didn't judge them. It says he was moved with compassion because there was a need in their life that they were harassed and helpless. And I'm telling you, your community is full of people who are harassed and helpless. They feel like they don't have any direction, like sheep without a shepherd. And Jesus saw what we see within our communities as well. And so Jesus is seeing all this. And as he turns to his disciples and he says, the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few, he points it out. 
And, and guys, that wasn't enough just that he pointed it out, that he had compassion. There was something else that needed to be done. And in verse 38, he said, pray. Ask the Lord of the harvest. Therefore, not for them, for workers. And watch this, the very next verse after that, Matthew 10, Jesus sends them. He asked them to pray. What they didn't know, they're praying for themselves. I mean, he turns around, he sends them out in laborers in the field. My friends, our mission at this family church is to make disciple makers by building strong families. That's our mission. That's what God has called us to do because we're surrounded with a community that need Jesus and we are the hands and feet of Jesus. You see, this is not what we could do. This is what we have to do. All right, great, Micah, that's all good. You know, that looks good, sounds good. So what do, how do we do this? I am so glad that you asked. Good job. Here's what we wanna do. In order to impact families within our community, okay? First of all, is we wanna resource parents. With all the stre stress and, and pressures that they go through, the main three categories that seem to be the main pressures is marriage relationships, parenting skills, and then also finances, money. It's a huge thing. And so look, we've already got a lot of resources that are available to you as well as anybody else that you wanna invite in uh, if you wanna invite people in. So we're, we, um, we wanna start marriage classes. We don't have those yet. We already have marriage meetups. We already have marriage coaching. Um, and then also a relationship series. Two times a year we do a relationship series. We just finished more and less our second relationship series for this year. We believe that we continually, we need to continually equip couples for marriage. And then also if you're single and you want to get married, we also provide pre-marriage sessions to actually help you prepare you for success there. Now, second of all is parenting. Melissa and I, along with the Dials, are going to be doing a parenting class starting on September the 19th at three o'clock. It's a seven week class and to sign up for that, all you gotta do is go to lwfc.org slash events. You'll see all that information there. You can sign up there as well. So what we also wanna do in addition to that, we wanna start parenting meetups, right? To just help parents connect with other parents, share war stories, share experience. So we also have parent coaching as well. Uh, if, you, if you need help with that, we have that. And then Melissa and I soon, we're hoping to start a parenting podcast. Um, now, for those of you that, that are parents here and you have your children checked into children's ministry, when you, when you pick them up, you always get a devotional and a, what's called a parent cue. Now, this is where we want to partner with you and give you resources to help you raise godly children. So you're going to get a devotional that you can take your child through, through what they just learned on Sunday, as well as there's a parent cue that's there to help resource you as a parent and help you every single week. So then lastly is finances. In 2019, we had a Dave Ramsey class. Right, it was very popular, lots of great testimonies. In 2020, we didn't have it because of COVID. We wanna bring that back, so we're gonna do that. We also wanna start financial peace meetups from there to kind of keep us on track. And so we're gonna, uh, we're gonna, we wanna have those. And then also financial coaching. We already have financial coaching. If you need some help, we have trained coaches that can help you with that. And then we also do a financial series pretty much every year just to help you. So we wanna help resource parents. And look, you can invite people from the communities into these classes, these meetups, the, you know, the coaching, all of those 
to really help introduce them to the answers to all of these issues, which is the applied word of God. Is that right? All right, so let's talk about kids. Here's something we wanna do for children to help build strong families, is we wanna give an upgrade to our kids' wing. All right, so I want you to take an adventure with me. Would you do that? All right, imagine with me. As a family, you get out of the car in the parking lot with your children and up drives your adventure guide. A children's ministry greeter driving a small truck that looks like a safari vehicle greets you and asks you if you would like a ride. So as you get on board, you hear adventure music coming from the car along with jungle sounds. So you get in, you take a ride to the front of the church where uh, either whether it's from the backside of the parking lot or the lower parking lot. And when you walk in, instead of looking what it looks like now, it looks like this. So it's got 3D trees along the way. Uh, the floor looks like a path that goes along. It's got ruins along the wall. And as you walk down the hallway that looks like this right now, it will now look like this. With a forest and ruins, 3D trees that would actually be the kiosks where you check in your kids. And you can still hear the sounds of the jungle along with the adventure theme music. So you check in your children here, you walk down the hallway, you turn into the children's wing that looks like this, but now it looks like this. And so you enter into our children's foyer that now looks like this, but it will actually be a dock and it'll look like this. And so you'll hear the sound effects of waves slapping against the, the boat along with the adventure music that's still playing. And the rock climbing wall that we have right now that looks like this will actually turn into a slide. So the kids can climb up and slide down while they're waiting to go to their classes. And then you drop your babies off into the nursery that actually looks like it's under the sea. All right, there's all these different portholes that are looking you know, under the sea. And the lighting that we have in there is making it look like water shimmering on the walls. And then you take your toddlers to the safari uh, tent camping where there's a mural of the safari on the wall. And so it feels like you get to go camp, that they get to go camping on the Serengeti. Then you drop your preschoolers off in an airplane hangar where there's all kinds of 3D props and the wall is decorated like a hangar. So you go on an airplane adventure. Then your elementary school kids go into a room that currently looks like this, but will actually look like a space adventure. And so it's adventures all around. So you've got your jungle adventure, your cave adventure, your safari adventure, your airplane adventure, your underwater adventure. You've got your space adventure. And so there'll be a sign up front at the entrance of the check-ins there that says building strong families one adventure at a time. Isn't that cool, everybody? Isn't that amazing? We are so... <laughs> Melissa and I have been dreaming about this forever. Pastor uh, Tammy Hazel, Pastor Jody, Pastor Tammy, her husband Paul have all helped us put this together. And so what we know is that the quality of ministry for children, teenagers, and adults is stellar in this church. Pastor jo Jody has done an amazing job teaching her children. I feel like I do a pretty good job with the adults. And I know Marcus does an amazing job leading discussions, helping students really put handles on the messages that we teach here on Sunday morning. But what we're looking for is an atmosphere and an environment in our children's ministry where children walk in and we go, this is where we belong. Absolutely. And that Sunday morning is an adventure every single week. And that families within our community, when they come here, when you invite them and they come here, 
that they are able to connect because their children want to be here. They may want to sleep in on Sunday morning, but the kids are going to wake them up and make sure that they're here on Sunday morning. And listen, as we do that, and as we are helping to build strong families, they're giving their lives to Christ week after week after week. They're learning what their purpose is. They're finding where they belong. They're bringing their beliefs in line with the word of God. And then they become who God made them to be by jumping in and trading in their bib for an apron. They not only receive ministry, but they're contributing. Like Jesus says, they're no longer harassed, helpless, like sheep without a shepherd, but now they are the workers. They are the laborers. But we have to be the workers first so that they can come in. And so that's what we want to do with the children's ministry in order to help build strong families out of the families that are within our church and our community. And then after that is this auditorium, okay? We need to do some upgrades to the auditorium. Um, you know, currently... Um, this is the color scheme. And so, but we want to update it to match the rest of the building. So here's kind of what it would look like with the new color schemes. You got your sound booths, but these will be uh, different colors. So we're going to change the color schemes to match the rest of the building and update it. So in order to do that, we pretty much have to do everything because all the colors have to change, right? So we're going to replace the chairs. We're going to repaint the walls. We're going to replace the carpet. We're going to redo the stage flooring here. Uh, we're going to update some technology. Uh, we've got some things. A lot of times when you see glitches on the screens or on the stage, it's not because our, our, our people are not doing their job, you know, what they're volunteering to do with excellence. Sometimes it's because we need, have some technology that needs updating. So we need, we're going to do some work in the booth that needs to be done. Also, we want to add movable partitions. Let me explain that to you, the partitions. 24-7, our, our youth ministry, they... Uh, they currently meeting in the West Foyer on Sunday nights, and they have they lead discussions there. The warehouse where they used to meet is now a food pantry where we partner with the Raleigh Dream Center to help provide food to people in need in our community. So it's full of food. Now we did that with the understanding that the students were going to be able to have their services in here using all this technology instead of replicating all this over again so we can use it on Sunday morning and then it's empty on Sunday nights while they're using theirs on Sunday nights. That just doesn't make any sense financially. So what we wanted to do was be able to create an environment and an atmosphere here in our sanctuary where our students have their own space. They can light it the way that they want to. They can put whatever they want to on the screens. But then what we want is these partitions from the edge of the stage back to be able to shrink this, the room so it doesn't feel like it's just gigantic room for the amount of students that we have. So that's very important for, their, for the atmosphere. So here's what we're going to do is this is the carpet we're going to use. It's the same carpet in the rest of the four years. Uh, and then you've got color pops that, what we call color pops, that will look something like this on the edges in here. Instead of orange and red, it'll be the red and the blue. Uh, and then, so this is the stage flooring uh, that we'll have. These are the chairs. These are the eight-foot uh, movable partitions. So how are we going to do this, Micah? How much is it going to cost? How are we going to pay for it? All right. So the kids wing uh, through all those sections is going to be $100,000, okay? Now, those of you that are contractors or know anything about this stuff are like, how in the world are you going to do all that with $100,000? Well, Pastor Jody is an absolute genius. He's extremely creative. That's our children's pastor, for those of you that don't know. We're going to be using volunteers for a lot of stuff, but we also have a local artist that is going to come in and help us with this. So we're going to be hiring them to do some things, and then we're going to have volunteers do a lot of other things as well. Now then, uh, the auditorium, 
this is all the pricing for the auditorium, so it's going to be $147,000. Um, and then the other thing that we want to do is this. Once we build all this, we want to do this, is we want to do a campaign to bring people in. Literally hundreds, hundreds of families a week are, are moving into this area. In fact, down on Star Road, this very road, they are clearing land to build 400 apartments right down the road from us. And so what we want to do is we want to have a budget to where we can put together new mover packets, packets that actually show who we are, that we are a family church. We are the family church. If you have a family, we're the church for you. We're designed specifically for building strong families. And so we want to send them those packets, let them know that we're here. And then also doing social media ad campaigns in this area for this, uh, for this church, that we are the church for your family, where your family can belong. So we're going to introduce you to Christ. You can strengthen your beliefs in Christ, and you can become everything that God has called you to be. All right. So all those three together brings us to a total of $297,000 for the project. Now here's what we want to do. This is really cool. We believe that if you sow, you'll reap. We teach that every week. So what we want to do is we want to give 10% of everything that comes in for this to outreach, local and global. And here's how we're going to do that. So excited about this. You guys remember last year, we fed 600 families for Thanksgiving, families in need, and we gave toys to and fed for Christmas 250 families for Christmas. That's what we want to do again this year. And so out of this or $33,000, we're going to take about half of that and we're going to give and we're going to do that same thing this, this, this next year. The other thing we want to do is to spend part of it in missions. Now, Joyce Meyer Ministries has an organization and I want to take about three minutes and I just want to show you guys this video. This is super exciting. Let's go ahead and roll that real quick. When I first came to this place, this was a deserted uh, place with huge trees, rocks. It was like a den for most of the people who were doing illegal activities like running a prostitution, uh, things like that. All illegal activities were going on because this was away from the city. When we dug the borewell, uh, then people got the news, they knew that uh, there is no water available in the area. That's how people started coming and started living in this area. With the water, they started the building their houses. And that's how uh, it slowly the area got uh, developed through the well. Uh, we've seen an enormous amount of change. Uh, I mean, you see high rises all around. I mean, as, you, as Pastor was saying, there's nothing but forest and rocks. Some of the buildings that have now come up were all built with using this well and this water because there was none. And what's a great part of this story is, is how we come on the outskirts of a city where there's absolutely nothing, are able to obviously pastor, start a congregation, preach the good news of the gospel, but align ourselves with other activity like fresh water, which really builds the reputation of the church and certainly helps Pastor Moses as he continues to fulfill what God had called him to do. 
బోర్ కంటే బోర్ అయ్యక ముందు దేర్ వర్ అబౌట్ 30 టు 40 పీపుల్ అటెండింగ్ ది సండే వర్షిప్ సర్వీస్ ప్రయర్ టు హావింగ్ డిగ్గింగ్ ది బోర్ వెల్ we have now around uh, over 500 people attending the sunday worship service that's how gradually uh, the ministry grew and we have established five village churches through well of life project and the church uh, training up the pastors it's all because of joyce mars and of hope ministries support and help that we we received pastor moses started here he grew this church and this congregation rose up other leaders and have planted another five well of life projects but actually he's got i think 14 15 sorry congregations in other places and that's what's wonderful about this we plant a seed we get an opportunity to come align ourselves with the pastor he gets to build a community of faith find new leaders and go plant other churches which is really the great story isn't it fulfilling the great commission and as our partners uh, and their faithful giving uh, we can see that not just one church is blessed but multiple people and multiple communities are finding the good news of the gospel and are being served in a fundamental need because of their generosity isn't that cool isn't that cool yeah so here's the deal So basically what they do is they go into uh, a rural community, all over the world they do this, they go into a, a town that, where they're walking hours to go get water every day. They drill a well right outside of town, they, then they build a church right next to it, so you got to go to church to get your water. And so you don't have to go to church to get your water, but you have to come to the church, they give it away for free to anybody, but it introduces people to that church, and they are having hundreds of thousands like this is just one account they're having hundreds of thousands of people giving their lives to Christ because of this strategy like you can go to another country and dig a well and that's awesome you're going to help people for their lifetime here but they may suffer for all of eternity in this that and and that's great that's awesome that's philanthropy this is ministry because it's not just for this life it's for all eternity as well And so what they do is for $15,000 you can dig the well and build the entire church. And so what we what we'd like to do, we have a vision to do is to find uh, to actually finance one of these, go into that country, find a place where we can go on mission trips and visit and actually help uh, establish and and help that pastor and just support that pastor and go to mission trips to the church that we built, the church building that we built. And uh, so for $15,000, we, uh, we can actually build that church, drill that well, and have ministry going on in other parts of the country. Isn't that cool, everybody? I'm excited about that as well. So, um, so what we want to do is we, we're, we want to raise $330,000. We're going to give 10% of it away to the local families uh, this, this Christmas or this holiday, and then we want to build a church with a physical church with, and install a well, and then we'll put a pastor in there as well and support them. And then, like I said, the idea is that we take mission trips to the church that we built and actually help them grow, help them lead people to Christ, help them disciple people, help them grow. So that leaves us with $297,000 which is what is going to pay for the three phases of this project, okay? Now, how are we going to do that, okay? Well, I'm asking you to be a worker for the harvest field. And so we all consume ministry, we all receive ministry, and that's great, and you should do that. You should continue to do that. What I'm asking 
all of us, myself included, is to help draw families from our community so that we can build strong families and lead them to Christ. So here's how we're going to do it. We have, 300, we have 300 families within our church. If we can just get two-thirds of us to get involved, then we can actually finance this very easily. Uh, over the course of the next three months, um, if 50 families would give $5,000, and then 50 families give 1,000, 50 give 500, and then 50 uh, families would give 100,000, that in grand total is uh, 330,000. And so there's a place where everybody can participate. So for just for the next three months. And so some of you are like, man, I'm in. All right, I'm already in. Let me, let's write the check today. How do I do that? And then there's some of you that, uh, you know, I've had somebody say, hey, don't limit me at 5,000. You know, so you may want to do 50. Great, let's do that. And then just to be honest, I understand that there's some of us that another $100 over the next three months, that may be a struggle. So here's what I'm going to ask all of us to do. I just want you to pray. That's all. If all we do is every single one of us just prays about it and just do what God asks us to do, then we'll have it. For the sake of our next generation, I want to start, for us to start, just pray for the families in our community. Pray for our involvement and just say, God, in light of all that you've blessed me with, all that you've provided for me, how do I become who you've called me to become? How do we become a laborer? in the harvest. What is it that you want me to set aside, cancel, postpone, sell for the families within our community? So, and, and one of the questions that you may have is why adventure? Why do we want to do adventure theme? Well, I would like to ask Pastor Jody, our children's pastor, to come up and talk about the theme of adventure and why we chose that. Everybody, our children's pastor, Pastor Jody. adventure. The Christian life, following the Holy Spirit, should be an adventure. You don't believe me? Ask Noah. Ask Moses. Ask Gideon. Ask uh, Daniel. King David. The apostles. Ask Jesus himself. Daniel 11.32 says, but the people who know their God will be strong and do great exploits. Sounds like adventure to me. Adventure. Jesus' mandate. Go into all the world and make disciples. He also told us that when you're persecuted for my name's sake, he didn't say if, he said when you're persecuted. Micah mentioned the jungle of pressures on families right now. We should be preparing this generation for perilous times, that they walk in strength and boldness, that they know Joshua 1.9 is true, that they, don't have to, that they can be strong and courageous, they don't need to be afraid, they don't need to be discouraged, but they know the Lord their God is with them wherever they go. Adventure. If you ever raise kids, you know that life can be an adventure. It's a roller coaster ride. It's highs and lows and ups and downs. It's the top of the mountain to the shadow of the valley of death. And that's all in one afternoon with a middle school kid. Adventure. We have the opportunity. We have the responsibility to guide, train, equip, and release warriors. See, Jesus came on a rescue mission to set the captives free. Then he gave us the mandate to go into the world and make all the, to make disciples. After he went into the depths of hell, conquered sin and death, and gave us that dominion. Adventure. Adventure is out there. The Creator is calling. Do you hear his call? 
It's called to reach a dying and, and hurting community. It's called to make disciple makers. His call to build strong families, one adventure, one family, one kid, one heartbeat at a time. How will you respond? Will you leave a legacy that changes generational trees, that changes family trees for generations to come? Because what we do today echoes in eternity for generations to come. Live the adventure, be led by the Holy Spirit, and know that you will be strong and do great exploits. Good job, man. So, so if you're new here, you're like, man, I came on fundraising Sunday. Jeez, what in the world? I, I just wanna tell you, look, first of all, is if, if this is your first time or if, the, if you're new here, uh, you're just kind of checking out and trying to, you know, trying to figure out, is this my church? You need to feel no obligation whatsoever. But I am excited that you're here because you get to see the heart of who we are as a church. And, and what our passion is and, and what God has called us to do. And there are a lot of churches that they're just there to have service on Sunday. I'm not that pastor. I just hate to tell you. We just pack it up and go home. You get somebody else. Because I'm not just here just to do Sunday. Uh, we have a hurting and dying community that, and families that, that are hurting that need us to step up and be labored. The harvest is plentiful. The problem is not, you know, and what's funny is Jesus didn't say, so pray for him. He did tell him to pray, but he, like, that's what we would do. Well, let's sit down, let's pray for them. They're having a hard time. He didn't say that. He put the responsibility on them. And that's a tough thing because we, as humans, we don't like responsibility. We're like, you know, be warmed and filled and we go on our way. So, so I want to just encourage you that this is one of the reasons why we exist fact that it is our, it's our very mission is to make disciple makers, to lead people to Christ and teach them how to lead others to Christ by strengthening, make, building strong families. So lastly, the next question that you might have is how long is this going to take? How, you know, what's the timeline that we're going to do this in? And so well, we have an order of how we want to do it in, okay? Um, so we are going to complete this project, listen, with no pressure at the generosity of our congregation. Okay, so as the funds come in, we'll do it in this order. This, this hallway is 28.5, so as soon as that comes in, we're going to do it. Periodically, every so often, maybe even every week, I'm going to bring this to the congregation and we'll just check these off. You know, all right, we got enough for this. We have enough for Hall B. We have enough for the whole foyer, the children's ministry. And now we're going to move on to the auditorium so, people, so we can see the progress. Meanwhile, you're actually seeing things happening in the hallway. And so in the children's classrooms, in the auditorium, you'll see those things happen as those funds come in. I'm just asking us to do something that requires a little bit of faith, something that requires us to stretch a little bit. Because look, if we all do that, we'll have exactly what God wants us to have. And God is gonna stretch your faith in the middle of this. I've seen it over and over. I wanna ask you to step up big. And the Holy Spirit may be asking you to do that. But whatever it is, if we just pray together, and it will not only impact their families today, but it'll actually build strong families for tomorrow. So if you're excited about reaching family in our communities for Christ, say, that's me. All right, will you stand?